Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Man Is It Hard podcast. Today, we are going to be doing part two of the loneliness episode, and we're going to really be getting into some of the terms that pertain to loneliness and also be providing you with potential solutions that you could be integrated into your own life to reduce the amount of loneliness that you might be feeling on a day-to-day basis. So we're going to start off with hikikomori. That is one term that Ben brought up during some of our conversations with talking about just this topic in general. Do you like to discuss what hikikomori is and some of the some of the symptoms behind that? Absolutely. So hikikomori is a Japanese originated phrase and it basically coincides with things like neats with shut-ins and hermits and it just is a term used to describe people who don't leave their homes have often trash building up in their apartments or living spaces are receiving support from some sort of friend or family member and who don't receive a lot of social contact or connection in general be it online or in person and so that can be a really tough thing to break and even harder when it is for many a cycle that's been built in over a six month to 12 month to even years long cycle right so really it's a group of individuals that pretty much isolate themselves from society at large absolutely and spend really a lot of their time engaging through the internet whether it's social media video games or even just online forum platforms and things of that nature. Yeah, behaviors that would typically be considered distractions, right? Or ways to get out of the current moment. So, of course, there's going to be serious drug and drinking problems, eating disorders, be it big or small, and, of course, sleeping disorders and depression, anxiety fear, anger, etc. I mean, it can typically just be surrounded by heavy, even uncontrollable emotions due to the unregulated nature of them. You know, they're not getting a lot of social practice. So, of course, they're not going to be as socially practiced or socially etiquette as someone who is outside for eight, ten hours a day talking to people, working with people. And would you say for hikikomoris in general, why do you think they adopt that lifestyle? Well, starting in Japan, like I said, it has a lot of background in stress and pressure and societal expectations on people, Mm. especially in Asian countries. And heck, even over here, there is a huge pressure on younger people to get A's or to get hundreds on their tests and assignments for people to look a certain way to try and find their tribe as soon as possible and it can just go on and you know the the general fears that we feel on a daily basis some people just overindulge those fears a little bit and give in to them so much whether it can be controlled or not and the impacts it has on them can be extremely severe i imagine Earlier, you mentioned NEATS, and for those of you who don't know, NEATS stands for Not in Education, Employment, or Training. And these individuals are 
very a lot of the similarities with these individuals is like hermits i think is, yeah. is a common term at least in in the past now i think it, it's we're coming up with new terms to define these things which tends to happen a lot in just society in general well a lot of these terms have some medical background uh, of origination but a lot of them started out as derogatory terms you know like hermit is just calling someone like a hermit crab always hiding in your shell it's not necessarily a way to try and get someone to open up you're labeling them and that's all that does right since we're talking about really loneliness do you think for hikikomori's needs maybe even individuals who have agoraphobia. I, I do know there's some underlying trauma that that can exist with these individuals. But, sure. But do you think that's the only thing? I hear individuals who spend a lot of time online who are lonely that they feel like they're socially awkward or don't know how to socialize, don't have communication skills. They aren't confident in their communication skills. Do you think that's also pertaining to or contributing to these issues? It can. And when I think of people who are more nerdy and just kind of outside your your regular crowd, things like that are typically induced by bullying and societal pressures. But there is a whole nother crowd who also suffer from the same issues. It, it doesn't have to be bullying. It can also be that some people were never pushed they had parents who were overindulgent or just not there at all. And so they didn't have the proper education on how to get out. They didn't have people taking them out to places and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so what is their normal, what they were raised as what is normal and regular to them is just staying home. You go to work and you come home. And so for plenty of people, that's just their normal. That's what they think you're supposed to do. And they face the same issues. And so it can totally be due to lack of diverse experiences as well. Right. You know, I found it very interesting when we talk about communication skills. That's not something that's taught in schools. It's just not supposed often. to be known. It's kind of baffling to me that learning how to communicate with another person or even how to even read someone's body language just isn't taught. And so... I think that's a lot of where some of the miscommunication sometimes in today's society comes from is people not knowing how to necessarily read someone else's body language, the unverbal communication that might be happening. Yeah. And we focus more on the verbal. And even then, the verbal communication gets misunderstood in some ways because, because of our own body language and how we're presenting the verbal communication to someone else. Well... And to give people credit, to learn body language, from what I know, can take years in terms of, like, super picky things. But, of course, just general understanding of body language could totally be a useful course that people get. I think a lot of that really, and not to hate on the idea, but could be more community or group-oriented. Things like Boys and Girls Club or just more youth foundations, I think, it would really be great for them to hit that stuff on the margin. Being that schools have such strict agendas and curriculum that they have to stick with, it would be so much more easy for an organization to say, all right, we're going to maybe try to include this on a weekend or during a weekday for people to choose to come be a part of if they want. Right. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I think, and I think you mentioned earlier that there's not as much emphasis on behind group work or clubs or even organizations to bring certain social groups together and socialize and be able to meet each other. So that definitely makes things difficult. And I think earlier you had me watch a video on loneliness and the person who was talking about loneliness, he he went into how we tend to float towards our own echo chambers and be around people who agree with what we have to say or even our beliefs or value systems. And we've become widely intolerant of people who disagree or have a disagreement with us and we just kind of cut them off and it's perpetuating what we now know as cancel culture. Well, and and to really put it into proportion is that you could talk to someone new every day for the rest of your life and all those people could be within that same belief zone, you know, within that same belief system. There are 8 billion people on this earth, right? And so it's really easy to say, well, I'm going to talk to this person in my community. I'm going to talk to this person in my community then. I'm going to talk to this person and still end up hearing the same opinions over and over and over again, be that what you want to hear or be it not what you want to hear. And that can be really hazardous for some people, is trying to find ways to hear different opinions and to hear different beliefs so you can say, oh, so that's kind of how that sounds, or, or mm, I don't really agree with that. Right. Well, and since we've moved more towards intolerance, what do you think we need to do just as a society or just as individual beings in general to move towards a more balanced tolerance level? That's a hard one, but I think it's going to take us holding some of our reactions to ourselves, which can seem very anti-us, very anti-self-sufficient, especially when talking about boundaries and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm not telling anyone not to hold their boundaries strong. I'm not telling anyone not to love themselves and to say, but I support myself for having that belief. Absolutely do. Support yourself for your beliefs and for who you are. At the same time, often what we do is someone gives us their opinion or someone gives us just a thought or miscommunicates a piece of information and all of us Anyone can be so quick to bite or so quick to rip the head off of another person when they speak one of our non-truths, something that we don't want to have come make our world come crashing down often, you know, because they're going to bring that piece of information down and, oh, my perfect palace can no longer withstand such reality or such negative thoughts. And what we really need to be doing is saying, okay. I hear you. Where is that thought coming from, though? Right. Trying maybe to understand where the other person is coming from instead of immediately jumping to conclusions or assuming where that thought might be coming from and assuming that it's malicious, maybe having more of a conversation around why that person is saying or voicing that opinion and what their upbringing may have looked like to have them jump to that conclusion regarding whatever topic or whatever 
brought that up into the conversation. Absolutely. You know, as, as people, we've become more self-sufficient, yeah. right? And, and maybe self-sufficient isn't quite the right word since even that self-sufficiency comes from us needing organizations and companies' help or products from them, right? But now you can order so much on Amazon. You can order groceries, home appliances, wallpaper. You can just about order the house except for the frame on Amazon. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So no longer are you required to go to a designer and a construction person and the person who's got to sign off on all of it. You know, there's so much less human interaction even within basic tasks now. And so it leaves people being able to choose when those moments happen. And then the moments, from my belief, where we don't get to choose, it makes them a more nerve-wracking experience nowadays. Right. Well, and I do think we have moved toward a more independence movement yeah. within society, emphasizing being independent, being able to take care of yourself, not needing another person to make you happy, not needing another person to take care of you having self-sufficiency as you put it right and i think we hear it a lot especially with not just men i mean men we hear it in the more provider aspect you're supposed to be able to provide for your family you're supposed to have the income have the car have the house have everything figured out be able to take care of the bills whereas on the women's side it's you hear a lot of you don't need no man you can take care of yourself you don't need another person. And I think we've lost sight of what it means to be together as a people. Well, I think people are more afraid nowadays that they'll lose themselves the more people they interact with, yeah. you know, or that they'll be ripped apart, you know, their opinions, their beliefs, what they like. This might be a bad example, but politics or a video game or a book or a movie or... You know, just a piece of counterculture. It can often be hit with negative remarks and, oh, don't bring that up here. Or we're not talking about that here. Or, God, you're always talking about those games. Or always have your nose shoved in a book. It can be so easy to dismiss. Instead of say, why is that tickling your brain so much? Why are you so stuck on that? Or, once again, where are you coming from? I, I think... A big part of what we need to do as a society is take a step back and say, shoo, I may not have liked that, but it doesn't mean I have to hate the person. I can just dislike the thought without disliking the person even. Right. Well, and, and I think it's important to remember that the single action, single reaction doesn't make the person. Right. That's not who they are as a whole. There's Absolutely. more complexity behind that. And I think people will forget that. Paris. Like there is more of this, oh my gosh, if I say this, I'm going to get canceled yeah. thought mentality, right? Well, it can be very easy for people in general to walk around all of us and say, oh, I'm smarter than that person. I'm better looking or Maybe your thing is looks, or maybe your thing is strength, or I'm stronger, I'm better looking, I'm a better driver, I could beat them in Smash Bros, things like that, right? <laughs> yeah, right. And none of those things should devalue a person. You know, look at all these people, and whether they are or aren't, what is your value of them when they are as smart, when they are as pretty as you would like them to be? 
or as you think you are and things like that. Do you hold this person to a higher standard both ways? You know, do you give them a little more slack though as well? I think we are reaching a huge point of disconnection, which is what all of this is about. But I, I do think the reactions continuously from this point on will be one of our biggest deciding factors is, well, how do people act when they do something we don't like? You know, I hear online a lot of comments are, are almost going back to like, oh, I'd beat the crap out of that person if they spoke to me that way. Or, oh, you take my honey mustard packet, I'd pull a gun out on them, you know? And it's it's so interesting to see people hold on to a lick of integrity. Well, yeah, so it, hard. Well, well, and I think that just goes to show how intolerant we've really become. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. whole comment of, oh, they took they took my ketchup or mustard packet. I, I'd kill them. Oh, it's I'll like, kill them for it. it's yeah. like, oh, my God, like, really? Like, it's not it's not that big of a deal. It's not the end of the world. It's not like someone um, taking something that small from you is going to hurt you in any way. Right. Right. So I think we do need to come back to being a little bit more tolerant and being a little bit more accepting yeah. and compassionate towards one another and beginning to understand each other more and where we come from in terms of background and absolutely experiences because really we are the product of our environments. And if we can understand the environment that someone came from, we can understand why yeah. that person is the way they are. Absolutely. And everyone is different because every environment is different. So while there might be some similarities in that and differences with how individuals handle those certain situations, yeah, it's still each individual is different. There's a reason why one individual is going to react differently to the same situation that another person might, right? Yeah. Because it's all about their lens, how they view things, their perspective, their the way they were grown, the way they grew up, and also the way that their parents raised them as well and who they were around growing up as kids. So all of that plays a factor. And... Also, we, I, I do notice a trend, especially with people who feel lonely, that they think about themselves more than the person next to them. Yeah. And so instead of, I, I did agree with kind of what the person in the video was saying earlier, they were saying that, you know, when you reach out to someone with hopes that they're going to fix your loneliness, it's not. It's not on that individual yeah. <laughs> to fix your loneliness. That's on you. So maybe reaching out to another individual to help them with an issue they might be experiencing, or even if it's just to hang out, grab a cup of coffee, or grab dinner, or grab lunch, have a nice meal, yeah. that can go a whole lot further than presenting it as you're getting what you want and you're not going to provide anything to the other individual because then that becomes a one-sided street. And I'm going to tell you right now to those listening to us that never ends well in any relationship. Yeah. You know, it can seem like such a, a simple concept, but trying to find that peace of mind 
would never come from self-doubt, you know, and or or self-expectations and expectations in general. And so when we look to others to fix those things, oftentimes our expectations are enormous. And they'll do a couple things right, and all that does is give those expectations that like, oh, I'm doing the right thing. My expectations are right where they should be. And, you know, just because you get that affirmation once or twice doesn't mean that they necessarily are. And people will say something sometimes where they say, "Mm, I don't agree. Or I hear you, but I don't think it has to be that bad. When's the last time you asked for help? And I said that to my friends before, you know, and sometimes they get super shocked and other times they go, you know, you're right. I haven't reached out to anyone, even if not for help, just to hang out. Yeah. And it's because their expectations are so high of themselves and then on other people. You know, they are looking at themselves like, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do that. Why aren't other people doing all the same stuff for me? And, you know, it's like setting yourself up for failure. Right. Well, and I think if you're lonely and you know one of your friends is also experiencing either whether it be loneliness, depression, anxiety, I mean, we all, I think we all experience some of these things at some point in our life. Yeah. Even just reaching out to them and being like, hey, would you like to go for a walk for five minutes, get you out of the house, especially if they're depressed, that can just really brighten their mood. It's not going to fix their issue we're not trying to fix the person's problem that's what a therapist is there to do right i think that would go a long way in terms of reconnecting with other individuals for sure yeah because you're spending time with another person instead of just talking strictly to people online and so you get that physical connection which i think everyone whether they want to admit it or not craves at some level And it is important to have that physical connection as well as the vocal and the the verbal and also the mental connection. Right. Well, and it's it's just all about detaching those expectations. Yeah. You know, other than making sure your basic needs are met, gotta get home at some point, gotta eat at some point. Um, why say that this moment has to go perfect? You know, just think about the benefit it'll do for you and the benefit it can do for another person. Well, and even if even if it's a situation where it's like, oh, I have to like cook dinner or I have to grab dinner or grab something to eat, you can always, especially if it's in a situation where you just want to check up on someone, get them out of the house, take them on like a five to ten minute walk, you could grab something on your way there for both of you and just go on a walk and eat and walk at the same time. I mean, they're they're. I feel like people get so caught up on the thing in their heads, it creates worry, then it gets into a loop, and then it gets into, I'm just not going to do it. I always tell people, the sooner we get started, the sooner we'll be done, you know? Yeah. And and especially with things like that, where there's a little bit of pushback. not telling you to force another person. Please don't. Please don't go around forcing people to do what you think is best for them. No, absolutely. Yeah. But you can also look at them and say, all right, well, I'm offering you a 15 or 30 minute walk and we can get started here in five minutes. Just slip on some tenny boppers. We won't get too sweaty. And we're just going to go outside and we are just going to go admire, yeah. admire where we are. And I think people forget that 
even if you don't want to be so cocky and say, I'm going to admire what I've paid for. Well, you know, it doesn't so, have to be like that. But So I, I wonder, what is your thought behind random drop-ins, like with friends? For example, if you have the time to hang out with someone and, okay, you might not know their schedule or whether they're busy or anything, but you just wanted to stop by, say hi, check up on them, see how they're doing. Is that something that's okay? Do you think, or do you think now it's more people are so internalized and just invested in their internal worlds that that scares them off even more? You know, not to get like 18 plus, but as adults, should it ever really be okay for you to just walk up to someone's door and start peeking in their windows and stuff? I really think, and this is coming from someone who has lived through that, and so it's funny you bring that up because it's exactly what some of my past friends used to do. They would just come drop by, right? Like a certain time of the afternoon would hit, and they would just show up. And that is so great when the person is bored or really looking forward to it or when you talk about it. I mean, truly, it, it should be something you talk about, in my opinion. But otherwise... Adults do things like have sex or need alone time or right. cry right, or scream and yell. And sometimes people show up when those things are going on. And all of a sudden, all you can do is look at them is go, bye. You know, and that's never what you want to do. It's never what you want to do is say, you couldn't come right now. And you also didn't let me know. So I had no idea to tell you not to come. Yeah. So I guess, you know, I guess you're right. As a, like as kids... I can see how it's a little bit more acceptable because you already know each other's schedule. It's like, I mean, if you're not at school, what are you doing? Right? What are you doing? Kids have minimal right to privacy as compared to adults. That's the best way to describe it. It's not like kids don't have a right to privacy, but it is minimal compared to that of an adult. Right. And so, no, to kids, when they breach each other's privacy, it's not as much of a concern, right? Right. Exactly. Well, I, and I wasn't really saying like, being the kind of person to be looking in the windows, like trying to spot the person or anything like that. It was really more just you knock on the door, then, you know, the person gets to choose to answer or not, and then you leave. If they don't answer, you just leave. But if they answer and you just say, hey, just I was in the neighborhood, wanted to check up on you, uh, see how you're doing. Would you like to hang out? Would you like to maybe grab something to eat? Would you like to go on a walk? Because then you're there in yeah. their space, right? They can still say no, but you're there, and that's kind of what matters. To me, that's why it's so important to have in-person friends. Because platforms like Discord, Facebook, Instagram, it does not necessarily mean that those people are near you. And so there's not as much walking and connection and stuff. But even on those platforms, if that is what you've got, do not turn that away. Don't turn it off. Don't say this is useless. Don't look at it and say this is horrible. You can FaceTime a friend and you guys can hold those dang phones up and you can look at each other and you can say, look at this tree. It looks like a bush tree. And just it's funny because you know what? Communication and interaction, be it no matter the degree, is always going to be better than 100 years of no communication. Well, well, well do you think platforms like Discord and, you know, the FaceTime with iPhone, do you think those kind of port? perpetuate loneliness even more or do you think it helps some people and hurts others after looking at it i think platforms like instagram discord 
etc are so awesome for people who are already mentally healthy and for people who are just healthy in general mm. like mm -hmm. if you already have a great system to your life and you have that energy and you're just like oh technology sure would make this easier a little bit oh my god it sure will yeah it absolutely will now you don't have to drive 20 miles to go talk to your boss now you can call them on the phone right things like that yeah technology makes moments like that easier for people but people who are already more than likely going to get stuck in a loop depressed anxious depressed yeah. anxious and fearful people right are now just being given one more out to society yeah it's kind of like a band-aid putting a band-aid on the problem not really addressing or helping the issue it kind of or even an excuse to not work on it for longer you know like right. a band-aid will at least leave you with a scar a closed scar but mm -hmm. this is almost like putting a wall in front of it yeah and just saying i'm going to ignore this for a while and sooner or later that wall gets torn down by the erosion of life you know people break it down because they want to talk to you or well yeah i mean or... i've definitely run into situations in the past where it was do i want to hang out with people you know from a physical standpoint like go to a party or go to dinner or go to an event or would i rather just hang out with people on discord and yeah. a lot of the time that was my out i would just be like eh, just gonna stay home be on discord I never took the other option. Yeah. And now looking back, I, I'm realizing I think I did really miss out on a lot of opportunities and missed out on making certain connections with people that I could potentially have today, but I, I wouldn't know because I never took those opportunities. Well, it can be one of, in my opinion, the hardest roles to to almost have like handed down to you from your parents you know for the longest time at least your parents are supposed to push you outside of your shell send you to things like school send you to things like a camp make sure you go have a sleepover at a friend's house etc and it can be really easy once that's our job all of it is our job now as you become an adult to say i'm going to push myself outside my bubble because now it has a personal impact you know I, I joke that it would be so much easier if I was a kid again, <laughs> not if I was a kid again, but like if, a, if in terms of like couples, like one partner had to worry about the other one <laughs> and then that partner had to worry about the other one, you know, like vice versa, where it's like, nope, you're going to push yourself. You're going to do it instead of that cycle that we can get ourselves caught in of, of ruminating that. Oh, can mm. I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? Well, Yeah. And I think with relationships, especially romantic ones, we as people can fall into a trap of enabling each other's bad behaviors. And then that's where things can really get messy. Not not just for a single person in that relationship, but for both of them. And so I think having the ability to push each other and strive to be better people on a daily basis is a good thing. And I think it's very healthy. Yeah. Same thing with friendships, pushing each other, trying to reach new goals, trying to pursue dreams and future things that you want in your life. I think that is important. And I yeah. think that actually strengthens the bonds that we have with one another. Absolutely. And even if it's finding commonality in like a poor habit, that's why things like AA, 
and Narcotics Anonymous work so well is because you find people who are struggling with the same things and you can literally bond Open with people things. and find comfort with one another in your own struggles. Yeah. And I think that is something that really needs to be broadened a little bit wider Absolutely. because it works for substance use. What about just groups for just different types of people, whether it be and even even if you're if you're lonely and you like to do certain things, whether it be reading a book or playing video games or just like nerdy things in general, anime, you can literally start a club around any of that. Me and my friends, we used to literally bring our consoles or computers to each other's house and just have LAN parties. Yeah. I mean, that that's what we would do. And also I know, you know, there's book clubs. And if there's not a book club in your area, start one. All right. Just start a book club. And yes, it can see, seem daunting to a lot of people. So I, I can understand, you know, especially if you're feeling lonely, it's like, God, you know, you, you, you might get the jitters, might get very anxious, and your brain's going to be telling you a lot of different things that you shouldn't be doing, but it's okay to pay attention to those. Just don't let those control your, don't let those control, those thoughts control your life and your decisions. Well, and to put a more positive and to put a more related spin on that whole book club thing don't just start a book club go to your local library and talk to them about starting a book club don't do it alone more than likely if you were into something like that they would absolutely eat that kind of thing up yeah right libraries already have a decline in numbers so if you love books and you want to start a book club go there boom i guarantee you've already got four members right or however many people work there because I know a couple of the workers would come mm -hmm. off the bat. Yeah. Or things like gaming and whatnot. If you have a gaming cafe nearby, go talk to them and say, hey, do you guys do anything on like Friday nights or Saturday nights? Could we get something going? I mean, it doesn't even have to be a gaming cafe. It could literally be a comic book store or even a card game store. There you go. Get into a card game or yeah. get into, I mean, if you're into video games, you're bound to be into... Dungeons and Dragons at some point in your life start a Dungeons and Dragons group well And I'm not telling people to get new hobbies But right to work with the hobbies you do have and to realize that there are always so many people That are looking to have fun together who are looking mm -hmm. to create a community You know probably the second most important concept of, of this whole discussion is That people are missing out on community people are genuinely dying because they don't have that connection they need. And yeah. it's something that throughout time we have had and we haven't had and we do have and we don't have it. And it would be great if as a society we could collectively learn how to hold on to that kind of love, hold on to that kind of positive attachment. If you really want to fix your own loneliness, it is on us as individuals who are the lonely or who are experiencing lonely feelings to help the issue. Yeah. And ways in which you can do that have, we've mentioned earlier, one way is just reaching out to three people at minimum. 
whether you've talked to them recently or not, and just having a conversation and asking them to grab a cup of coffee or, and if it's someone online that you don't necessarily live next to, just having a conversation is fine. Maybe FaceTiming them or uh, video calling them and having a face-to-face conversation. That's always going to be better do some of the things that you enjoy doing, whether it's within the comfort of your own home or outside the comfort of your own home and maybe starting a group or if there's a group, then maybe attend. We're not asking you to dedicate all your time and energy to spend a bunch of time with people, but just trying it one time, you might be surprised. You might actually meet someone at one of the events that interests you who you really click with and can hang out with on a regular basis. So just taking that step to push yourself outside of your shell, but also keep into your interests. Absolutely. And loneliness has been increasing over the years. And so it starts with us. We really need to become more tolerant of one another. And instead of just writing people off immediately, starting to have more compassion and come from a place of curiosity and trying to understand where that other person might be coming from. That's going to bridge the gap of intolerance and allow us to become a little bit more tolerant of one another. And I think it'll also help with a lot of the feelings of loneliness and just the things within that, such as feeling misunderstood or feeling like you're not heard. And it is important to set boundaries. So we don't want you to feel like you have to sacrifice to connect with others. That's not what we're asking you to do, just to be a little bit more tolerant and see where things go from there. And so that is going to be our last talk on loneliness. And of course, we are looking at your comments and we definitely appreciate any feedback that you guys have for us on in terms of topics or things that you would like us to talk about and even things that you as listeners might want us to share on the podcast of course it's going to be anonymous so anything that you guys want us to be talking about on the podcast we are more than willing to try it and take a look at it and do some research on it and We will see you guys next time. I appreciate everyone who listens to this podcast, and we both wish you a wonderful week and happy holidays. Happy holidays, guys.